Hello and welcome to the See For Yourself podcast, the podcast where we're just going to sit here and talk about movies. And first we're going to talk about what we think might be in the movie. I am your host for today, Schlimglor Bizzleber, and I am joined by the lovely Nim. Sounds like the name of an enchantress in the in the woodland. The, the movie that we have selected today is a movie that I have seen and Nim has not. The movie is Old School. It is a film from 2003. The synopsis goes something like this. Attorney Mitch feels his world has come undone. He moves into a new place, which happens to be near a college campus, and tries to get his life back together. Two of his best friends move in with him into this uh, new house, and uh, they start to throw wild parties, much to the ire of the college's dean. And that's that's about it for the the plot synopsis. What do you think of this film? What's it going to be about? What's going to be in it? What's not going to be in it? Uh, I feel like it's just going to be, um, the fuck is his name? The main, go ahead. We have Juliet Lewis. Don't uh, know who the fuck that is. Okay. We have uh, Luke Wilson playing Mitch, the main guy. But Mitch isn't the name of the actor. Mitch is the name of the character. Yeah. Probably Luke just working on being cool again. Um, And then he's like actively trying to start parties that these, uh, these college kids are trying to join and specifically doing so just to feel young again and a lot of it he just ends up realizing you know i don't need this i'm a good fun person regardless i don't have to feel like i'm in college again so you think that mitch is like too old for college no one's really too old for college anyone can go to college at any point sure. um i feel like he's going to feel like he is too old for college or he feels like he is too old in general it does seem like he just bought the house and it happens to be near a college yeah. campus. Like he he not... didn't do it intentionally. Yeah. But uh, seeing all the young people around, he's like, you know, I miss being young. And yeah. then he goes back and tries to be young again. So do you think he'll actually go to college in this or no? When you initially were talking about him moving to a place next to the college campus, I thought maybe he'd try to join and then try to get in with the cool kids. Uh, but I think now that it's more of him just like pretending he goes to this college and just being like, I'm a fellow student like you guys. Hello, right? fellow kids. <laughs> yeah, hello, fellow kids. And then just trying to join in on the shenanigans or like actively try to get them to join him in his shenanigans. Do you think maybe he'll be like a uh, like the other the kids will notice that he's not in college and think that's cool and they'll like look to him for like guidance and he'll just be like no I'm like trying to be like you but they're trying to be like him so like back and forth thing or is it all just going to be the kids like oh this cool stranger who just started school here or something they're cool and like shaking things up and we're looking up to him and he's just trying to fake it the whole time uh, I think it's the the trying to fake it the whole time I feel like it would be funnier. To just, like, have them, like, nah, he's just some dude. But he's cool, I guess. Or, like, have majority of the movie of him trying to get in with these kids, and they're like, you don't even fucking go here. But I feel like the movie is going to be more of, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen you around, maybe. Will will he have to earn their respect, or is having a, like, party pad enough to earn their respect on its own? Uh, I think it's probably going to be presented in the movie as having a party pad is going to be enough for respect. Majority of movies with college students, uh, and it's specific centered around parties and stuff like that it doesn't fucking matter what you do before the party just go to a party is a party 
Yeah, right. Yeah. What what made him feel like his life had come undone? It would probably be like he's just working the same dead-end office job continuously, and he's like, my life used to be so cool. Look at those kids. Not a care in the world. I've got to move out from, like, living near the office to living near the college campus, and it'll well, be a like, longer commute, but I'll have a cooler life outside of work. I feel like he, he probably moved there without the intention of, like, having a cooler life or anything like that. He just moved out there, and then it just happened it to be next to, to it. Okay. And then that's when he's like, man, I used to be just like those kids. I miss those days. That's interesting, because in the one way of it, like, if he did actively choose, like, I'm going to move out here and uh, I'm picking this particular area to live in because I want to be cool and I want to be, like, around the kids and everything, he's an active protagonist. He's making choices to fix his problems. But if he just happens to be moving anyways and he moves out there and his life starts to change and he also feels like his life is in a dead-end sort of spot uh, or has come undone or whatever they said then he's not an active protagonist he's sort of passively these things are just happening around him yeah typically when you're writing a story you want like your protagonist to be making active choices in a comedy doesn't really matter right at least starting out he doesn't really need to have active choices like moving out into this uh, thing, he doesn't have to act to be like, man, I want to be young. I'm going to move closer to this college just so I can feel young again. Once it gets to the point that he's like seeing these college students act like fucking idiot college students, then actively doing stuff, sure. being protagonist. What about his friends? It says that his two best friends move out there or, or come out there and start partying. I feel like uh, they could also be like a negative influence. These were the, the kids that got him in the trouble the most. Oh, so they're not best friends from his attorney job. They're best friends from, like, he moves there and then he meets two people and then they become his best friends and then they start throwing parties. No, like, it could be, like, he's known them for a while. He's known them since his college years. They were kind of shitty party animals that just only really gave a shit about partying. Then he's like, hey, I'm moving out there. And they're like, oh, that's a college town. Fuck yeah, we're coming with you. They also kind of steer him in the direction of like, yeah, just have parties again like you used to. I feel like they're they're going to be more of a negative impact. So do you think that he's like reclaiming a lost glory? Like I used to be in college and do parties and stuff. And now like I want to do that again. Or do you think it'll be like I never partied in college and I feel like I missed out. And now I want to have those. I want to have those experiences now, even though I'm out of college now. I think it's going to be reclaiming his, his old, glory. old glory. We used to be cool and kick ass. What happened to us? Okay. Uh, there's also another option for the um, the best friends. They are equally fucking losers in the I'm too old to party sense. One has like a wife and kids and they're like, man, they're just like all sitting on the porch having a beer and they're seeing these college kids going buck wild and they're like man remember when we used to do that so i'm either or on the best friends whether they're good or bad or just like there as well the name of the movie is old school does that conjure anything in your mind that phrase old school uh the old school of doing things for them these crazy parties that they used to have they wish things would go back to the way they were back in old school sure sort of that back in my day we would party hard and you guys are partying like wimps yeah. And that kind of thing? Yeah. Do you think there'll be, like, a, any specific examples of that mentality in the film? Like, anything that you can think of that you're like, this is something, an, like, an old-school person would say or do? Toga parties? I, I feel like those were, like, it's like Party Animal or Wild Animal or some shit like that movie. Animal House? Animal House, yes. I knew Animal was in the name. I know they had a toga party, and there's been a couple different college movies that are old school college movies. Do you think this movie will have any aspects of it that are like, uh, they're making a reference to another college film that you, they, they assume you've seen? Yeah, probably. Uh, right. as specifically, they probably reference Animal House with 
a toga party or some shit like that. And they're like, yeah, we used to get crazy lit like you people say. Uh, I don't think lit is going to be said once in this movie. I, I doubt that. It's 2003. Yeah, yeah. So... Do you think there'll be anything in the movie that stands out to you as being, like, really offensive? I feel like another thing that they could do, where they would put makeup on a pig or badger ugly women and, like, talk shit about ugly women. Not a fan of that, and I feel like that would be something offensive that they could talk about. And specifically, that's, like, the old school way of doing it. We just made fun of the ugly chicks. The college kids now are like, ah, why? So you think that uh, women are going to come into the story in, in like, a we-need-to-have-chicks-at-our-party kind of way? Uh, Yeah, probably. It's it's a 2003 film, basically. Like, you can make a whole movie without a woman in it. Like, nobody bats an eye. Yeah. Uh, Uh, But I feel like they're going to specifically, like, there's got to be chicks, there's got to be beer, shit like that. Back in the old school, we would have super hot babes at our parties, but you guys just have ugly broads here, so on and so forth. Yeah, Yeah. and they'd, like, pick on them. Or, like, that, like, walk of shame. Mm, Yeah, shaming women for being promiscuous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I feel like that is going to play a part, and I'm not looking forward to that, if it does happen. A lot of those classic sort of uh, college party movie themes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think there's anything in this movie that's going to surprise you in sort of a positive way instead of a negative way? Something that you're hoping to see in there that you're going to be like, oh, that was so cool they did that, and I, I didn't think... I'm hoping that, like, that the friends are actually like, like, nah, man, just be yourself. You don't have to be a kid anymore. One of the friends, like, having a, uh, one of the friends having a regular-ass job and, like, wife and kids and being like, nah, I'm too old for this. It's fine. I'm happy with what I'm doing. Content with my life currently. You don't have to live in the past, man. So sort of like a straight man. Yeah. He's like, I'm just trying to be on the straight and narrow. And do you think that the straight man could be our main character? No, I don't think so. I think he's going to be a side character, like a be- one of the best friends. Or this is at least what I'm hoping for. I don't think main character guy is going to be all about that. I think he's going to be all about the parties and wanting to regain his glory days. The name of the movie is Old School, and you talked about what that word kind of means to you. But it does have the word old in it. We've already talked about like how this involves a school. How is it going to involve the word old separate from the word school? Will there be old characters in this movie? I feel like the main characters are going to feel like they are old, like the the main guy uh, and possibly the best friends. And the main character is going to be like, man, I'm old. He's getting to the point that I'm like my dad. I'm just an old dude living his life, working his nine to five. What is the oldest age of a character in this movie? 40s? Okay. Mid, mid to late 40s, okay. uh, early 50s maybe. All right, well, I think that's about all that I could ask for anybody to give me uh, leading into a movie like this. Is there anything you'd like to say before we cut to the film? I am excited to watch the movie. Yes, we'll, we'll cut to the movie now. about it did you want to just jump right into your immediate uh, thoughts on, on the film or i didn't think that he was going to uh fuck a minor right in the beginning yeah um, yeah 2003 was it was very shocking yeah and them to not really bring it up much or talk about it well so they they did keep bringing it up it wasn't something that was just completely forgotten by the script i mean certainly as people who are hoping for some sort of a resolution to that um, there wasn't any. there was not one 
no. Even even the bit where sort of in the late later on in the film where she approaches him while he's out on a date with Nicole, he he just sort of says he can explain it, and I'm I was so I was waiting for to hear what the fuck he was going to say as please, to explain it. Please explain to this new girl that you're courting that just recently, like within the last few weeks, you've had illegal sex with a minor. Or I mean, you know, we don't know what state they're living in. It could be not illegal. This could have been. And either way, like I don't think it's his fault because uh, they were both drunk and she just didn't tell him and that is something that you definitely need to tell person you're going to have sex with that is very obviously college age or older since you are at a college party. I do think we should note here that uh, typically the court of law will side against the 30-year-old man in this case as I understand it. Yeah. Uh, most judges are a little bit harsher when one party's drunk. But both parties were. With, with all the circumstances for this, yeah, t- typically I think they'd be a little more lenient but again, I think the verdict would come down against Mitch on, on this particular thing because you know he's a 30 year old man he, he's he knows better than to just like shack up with whoever or what have you or get yeah. so drunk that you can't remember the night before exactly yeah. or, or whatever so it would be the responsibilities on him she's a young girl she doesn't know any better or it would be very easy for the judge to be like, yeah, you know, maybe even if she plays softball with Mitch on this one and like, you know, it's just her dad that's freaking out about it. The argument would probably be she's young. She doesn't know any better. He took advantage of her. And Mitch's argument would have to be, no, I did not. And hopefully the young girl would be like, he did not take advantage of me. And then the judge would probably still be like, she's too young to really make the call on whether or not you took advantage. It is a very unattractive thing and very weird to like put in a movie about. Let's just, why not? Let's just skip right to that. What do you think this movie was about? What were they trying to teach us as an audience? Though living in the past can be fun sometimes. A lot of the times you just move on. Well, so that's interesting. Which character do you think, what part of the movie for you was like living in in the past because uh, it doesn't get brought up a whole lot it's not a very frequent thing like hey live, we're living in the past basically i know will ferrell's character uh they they specifically bring up the he was, like hey don't be frank the tank yeah and then he immediately we, becomes frank the tank we've come very far from frank the tank yeah. yeah and then he just reverts back to that entirely and i i, I know vince vaughn's character was continuously being like, oh yeah, college girls, fuck yeah. And then towards the end of the movie when he is actually sat down with a uh, a college girl, he's like, ah, I'm married. I shouldn't be doing this. And it it shows like his character growth. uh, And then it like immediately goes back and removes his character growth as soon as it is presented with, um, hey, you're going to have to also be a part of the solution to saving this fraternity. And he just kind of like tries to dip out of it. I don't, I don't agree with that because like he has reasons not to want to be a part of that especially after the thing with the college girl where he's like oh look i I don't know you know i'm I'm being put in these situations that i clearly have moral or ethical issues with so i'm just gonna try to dip out of that so i I get why he might his character might do that in that instance i did really like uh specifically the idea of like uh will ferrell's character frank being set up in the early parts of the film as the like i'm getting married i have like a contemporary home life i gotta check with my wife before we do anything and then as the story goes they sort of subvert that the expectations associated with him being like the good guy and Vince Vaughn's character sort of goes the other way where he starts off as like the oh you're so lucky oh you're you know your girl's so enlightened and oh man you know your sex life must have been crazy with her all this other stuff and then at the end for him to sort of like be presented with the opportunity and then refuse it there were a lot of moments in the movie where characters toe that line between cheating and not cheating I know that there was specifically a scene where Will Ferrell is becoming Frank the Tank for the first time and he he likes that lady's face yeah Uh, 
and then later Vince Vaughn like kisses the girl when she goes in to kiss him. I think she kisses him. I don't remember him like leaning into it or anything like that. Him just staying there and then backing away immediately. I, I do um, want to say, at least I, for me, it did seem like he he leaned in a little bit or allowed for it to happen a little bit. Yeah. And he, and you pointed it out while we were watching too. He was alone in that room with her. Yeah. On of his own volition, it would seem. He he shouldn't have done that. I'm not saying that like he was at all in the right, but I don't think he directly was actively cheating compared to how other characters straight up get caught like the the one girl the love interest girl's name i don't remember nicole nicole yes her boyfriend in the the bathroom without the door locked that could have anyone could have just fucking walked in including his girlfriend um and his children yeah or the children and he is straight almost about to fuck this very young server with with like her like her her sort of her shirt was her blouse was undone and, yeah. and everything yeah so yeah they were about to get busy with it that entire thing was very frustrating too hey don't be a girl and tell my wife so let's talk about that there's a lot this is probably the part of this uh, movie that makes me so interested to talk about it let's talk about cheating in movies this movie has a really interesting the main character guy gets cheated on and his future love interest also gets cheated on a lot of times movies sort of handle it this way the guy who wants the girl he sort of pines for her for some amount of time but in order to create drama we have a situation where she's seeing somebody else and cannot date him and instead of like being respectful and sort of giving them their space to have their relationship and figure it out because that's not terribly interesting right he has to discover that the guy's actually a scumbag in some way he's talking about banging it out with hookers or something or other you know this happens a lot in a lot of those rom-com type movies. And this is not a rom-com, this is a comedy film, so you kind of have a wider berth on how to handle this a little bit. It sort of just handles it in the contemporary rom-com kind of way. Oh, you caught me cheating, dude. You gotta be cool about this. Don't tell my girl. Okay, I won't tell your girl. And I don't think that either of those things need to happen, especially since his character was cheated on. He shouldn't have any dilemma of, man... I shouldn't tell her because he knows how it feels to be cheated on and that feeling sucks. That is a big portion of like how they even like really got reintroduced was him being drunk at Frank's wedding and he is super upset, ends up spilling her coffee on, all over her. So that's not great um, in my opinion. Well, let's talk for... about the initial cheating. Like the initial cheating scene is also, it's sort of telling, right? Yeah. Like what's the difference between these two scenes in terms of how they work in the film? Because the, the cheating scene for the, the girl getting cheated on, she, that happened about midway into the film um whereas when the guy gets cheated on it's sort of our inciting incident for the film yeah right like the guy gets an inciting incident where he goes on this like self-reaffirming journey where he learns about himself and has all these adventures and does all these things and grows and changes and becomes a new man and the girl gets cheated on and she just gets to date the guy i guess now not a fan of that i also don't like how they end up together in the end where she just shows up and is like yeah you're right he cheated on me and there was no like it didn't show it it didn't didn't show it or anything like that which if they didn't want to show it that's fine they didn't even have to bring her back in and like like, immediately we're kind of directed to like how could we fix this right and i think it would be very easy to have like maybe midway into the movie she gets cheated on and he's like hey i'm gonna try to make a move on you and she's like no like i just got cheated on i gotta figure this out and then she goes on a journey and maybe sort of in the background maybe we don't follow her but maybe in the background we see there's this female fraternity popping up out of nowhere and they're causing all kinds of problems maybe they save the male fraternity in the end and it's like whoa who are you guys and it's like i nicole started this i'm the the godmother of this sorority it's crazy and it's silly and it's fun and then also that would lead into a pretty cool 
sequel to this film yeah. where we could follow like her Nicole's journey on this and that'd be kind of fun and interesting. They could have also have done it at the gymnasium event, that last event where she's like there and is like supportive like, yeah, you were right and I decided to be here to support you. And they could have worked that in a little better and I feel like that would have been a better placement than right at the very end and her just showing up while he's moving out like, so he cheated. So are we going to fuck in this fraternity or what? Yeah. I'm not a fan of how they they just in general handled that. Uh, the sexualization for women in this movie is not great at all. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about uh, that first girl that he sleeps with, the uh, the pretty and pink young lady, the, the high school girl. And it's sort of painted up to be that the ideal sexual interaction for a man is for the girl to basically be like, no, no, you don't have to worry about anything. We had sex last night. I'm going to leave now everything's chill. I don't know what guys are just sitting around going like, yeah, I want to have sex with a complete stranger and I don't want to really remember it completely and I want her to like, as soon as I wake up the next day, her to just be like, hey, I'm leaving and you don't have to talk to me. You don't have to get my phone number. I don't want to talk to you. You don't want to talk to me. Let's just roll. Uh, especially like he's specifically like, okay, bye. I love you. Yeah. So the, like, movie, the movie does like position it to be, this is the most attractive way a woman can possibly exit a sexual evening with a man. I'm glad they did that instead of the like shitty walk of shame or anything like that. I think they're um, equally terrible. Yeah, both of them are terrible. I feel like this has gives more power to the woman and it isn't just directly like, she could be just into it just to have sex with this attractive guy. I think the way that they do it this way is specifically, because you can paint it up that way and you can make it it's female empowerment. She just wanted to use him for sex and he used her for sex mutual using and everybody's chill here, but that's not how they painted it in this film. They painted it as if she's being one of those cool girls. She's one of the good ones because she's just, you know, so chill about it and yeah. so like blasé about this. She's very French. It is, I feel in general, better than the walk of shame and just completely like downplaying a woman for uh, wanting to have sex in general or having sex, which I just really don't like for movies and for most anything. So it was nice in that aspect, but it still wasn't great. It is still like downplaying women who are like trying to do a very healthy, normal thing. Yeah. Um, I agree, but I, I, I don't like trading one terrible thing for another terrible thing. It's like the lesser of two evils. I don't agree in lesser than yeah. two evils. They're, they're, especially in filmmaking, when you can choose to do anything. There was yeah. nobody twisting any arms over here. It was literally just like, well, what do you think would be the best way to go about this? And they were like, well, we don't want to do the walk of shame. And they were like, high fives all around. I'm not doing the walk of shame, boys. All right, what do we do instead? You know, it'd be pretty progressive. If the chick was just like, you know, one of the good ones. Oh, I'd love it if she was one of the good ones. That's so progressive. Yeah, dope. They definitely had other choices that they could have done and they didn't make the best choice but they didn't make the worst that is better than what it could have been fucking at, at least it was shame. something else yeah, yeah at least it, it was something else Jeez, uh, so so many movies with a walk of shame. A lot of movies with a walk of shame. So you also said that you were hoping that some of the, the male characters in the movie would be sort of good influences, sort of uh, Mitch's best friends would be a good influence, maybe. I was hoping for that. I didn't think that they would have that. They they almost did, though, right? Yeah. Like, they could have. They had opportunities, and they just chose not to. Especially, like, Vince Vaughn initially was the one that pushed him to throw this crazy party, and then as soon as the douchebag Dean comes in and is like, you guys bullied me in high school. I'm getting back at you guys. So get the fuck out of the place that you live in because we own it now. Which um, is weird. It almost feels like they were trying to make us feel sympathetic for the Dean initially and then... It's still a shitty thing. Bully or not, like, that's fucked. I think, uh, it's, I think it's fucked on both behalf. Yeah. Where both people are just like, we're just being revealed
appeal to both of these people being shitty, and now I don't know who to feel bad for. Yeah, but I feel like Vince Vaughn's character just very actively like, nah, let's turn this bad situation into a possibly worse situation by doing some crazy fuck shit, and then at the very end not owning up to that, that still bothers me. If we take Vince Vaughn at face value and try not to imagine that he's doing this to sort of reclaim some of his like previous glory, even though that's sort of how the movie paints him mm-hmm. up to be, if we take him at face value when he said, we're not gonna be able to keep, you're not gonna be able to keep your place, Mitch, I've fixed that problem by creating this fraternity and i know exactly why because they said these were the two things that this location is used for and we're using it for that so this fixes that issue despite minor protests to begin with mitch does get on board with it pretty quickly that entire scene i didn't really like because it it was like very uh manipulative the way he did it because his kid was there and uh his... Mitch, like, says the F, like, word, and he's like, in front of my kid, you're not only disappointing everyone in this room that I brought over to your house without telling you, you're also disappointing my son for just saying fuck. I will say that probably one of my favorite jokes in the movie is the Vince Vaughn using <laughs> weaponizing his children yeah. against people. Like, you've disappointed my child. Say sorry to them. Don't say sorry to me. Yeah. He says that uh, a good couple times. Yeah, I, th- um, I think it might be three times exactly, which is the number you're shooting for with any given joke. Yeah. But he could have done it as many. He had a, he had an all-access <laughs> pass as far as I'm concerned. It was fucking hilarious, yeah. There were a lot of jokes that just didn't hit very well, as, like especially upon like a second viewing. And I, I would like to ask you how, how, how you felt about the film in terms of like its comedic value. Did you feel like it had solid comedic chops as a, as a first-time viewer? I feel like it had uh, some very good comedic moments, but I don't think the whole thing was like a... Yeah, this is a fucking great film. I'm gonna laugh all the time and I'll rewatch it because it's so funny. I think it's aged poorly. And also, it's just, it has funny moments, but then there's other moments that I'm like, oh, that happened. Are we talking about when Blue died? When Blue died, and I feel like that entire thing was also really frustrating because when Blue died, it's seen as like still a comedic. They're trying to, and I'm like, what a confusing scene, too. Like, there's these two naked women, and it's sort of a funny, like, KY wrestling thing where you get to see Mitch's character do like a shitty little. Wrestling. He gets punched in the face a couple he times. He gets punched. <laughs> very, very funny. That's kind of a girl empowerment yeah. moment. You know, a lady punched him in the face two or three times and, and then tackled him, him to the ground. Times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, she whooped his she, ass. She was whooping on him, which, like, I mean, I don't know. If I'm if I'm Mitch in that situation and I'm the, the godfather, I'm probably not going to, you know, beat the yeah. ever-living hell out of this young lady. So but she was, she came ready. She, she gave it to him. I, that was also a moment for, like, a comedic moment that we could have had where, like, she's punching Mitch in the face and everyone, like, <gasps> and gets real quiet and just, like, starts sitting around. And then maybe Mitch, like, smiles and he's like, I'm into it, I like it. And then we kind of learn a little something yeah. about Mitch. He's sort of kinky himself, and that's interesting. Back to the blue thing, though. The whole scene is set up to be this, like, funny romp and, like, a wrestling in KY Jelly, and that's funny. And then the girls get naked, and it's like, oh, it's kind of sexy, too. So we have the sexy scene in the movie. And then... He just falls over. Just dies. And there's no joke, and it's not, like, meant to be sort of silly or anything like that. But then immediately goes... after that, it's just Will Ferrell singing... Oh, what was it? It wasn't Dust know. in the Wind. It was Dust in the Wind. Was it Dust in the yeah, Wind? Yeah, it was Dust in the Wind. Oh, okay. Yeah, Because yeah, I specifically right. remember him saying Dust very off-key, like... Which they could have done Dust in the Wind uh, and not have Will Ferrell sing it because he was adding comedy to it. It was meant to be silly. And then also they have this scene where he gets divorced right after. Yeah, right after. Not great. The pacing for this is really difficult to like latch on to. We get the like Will Ferrell silly singing sort of Dust in the Wind and it's supposed to be sad but also funny. And then him like crying, ooh, you're my boy, my boy blue. Uh, Vince Vaughn sort of being like, that's what old people do, they die. And then the old lady being like, fuck. And him being like, well, sorry. And that's supposed to be funny. And then immediately into, hey, I miss you. I think we should get a divorce. Oof. I've been doing stuff. 
What have you been doing? Got a gym membership. I don't remember the rest of it, but I've been doing stuff. That's supposed to be funny too. It's because he's basically admitting to being like so drunk he can't remember anything, but he feels as though he wants to say, I'm, I've been doing stuff. I'm not like a complete waste of life right now. Yeah. And then her being like, let's get a divorce. And he's like, okay, well, if I don't talk to you, keep on trucking. Seems like a pretty mature moment for him to just be able to say like, we should go our separate ways right now because I'm having an emotional moment and I don't want to like break down in front of you. But also everything leading up to this is just like wacky, silly, fun times stuff. Immediately after is still wacky silly fun stuff. So after it was uh, more plot relevant things where uh, Mitch calls Nicole but she's being told by her uh, boyfriend that Mitch is a bad man. Yeah. So Um, at least that was again serious but like it's part of the weird part of the movie that's like not very well developed the like romantic interest. Yeah. Also I love how we're supposed to give a fuck whether or not Mitch and Nicole get together, but, like, they spend next to no time on screen no together. No fucking time. And the, the wedding and then moving in, then the birthday party, and then the coffee shop party. She does see him at the uh, at oh, his at, office. at his office, well. yeah. yeah. And, then the, and then the coffee shop. Which was crazy that the kids showed up and they were like, it's an emergency. The KY's coming in smaller containers than we were expecting. How is this an emergency, guys? Come yeah. on. Like, um, they're old enough to know what a job is and what, like, yeah. you're not supposed to be showing up here. You guys are, like, somewhere between 19 and your mid-20s. Like, you gotta know, you know. Yeah, there's no way they don't have a job. and Especially an office building. If everyone that works there is in, like, a suit and tie, maybe don't just start talking about how KY Jelly lubricant is coming in a small container. Uh, you guys need large tubs of it. I, I, I didn't like how the movie sort of handled sort of the separation between, like, work and home life stuff. Mm, there are separate up until he needs his co-workers yeah and i don't like that rhetoric at all you should be able to talk to people at work about like yeah when i go home i go dirt biking yeah if it were dirt biking nobody would bat an eye but because it's ky jelly wrestling which is as benign as dirt biking it's not even that he doesn't want to talk to his co-workers about that it's his co-worker was trying to like hey i want to be a part of this thing that you got going on outside of here um because my life at home sucks can i please be a part of it and he just no my life outside of work totally different fuck you stay out of this not cool also uh his weird like comeuppance moment at the end of the film when he's like telling the guys like hey print these off and go like you guys are going to get into the fraternity if you help me with this stuff. And then the boss shows up and he's like, are you doing your job? And he just starts yelling at his boss, basically. Where'd this come from? Like, where's the animosity yeah. with his boss like, um, out of nowhere? Because they, they, they show that they're uh, generally on good terms. Even after, like, the one guy, like, in a ploy to try to get into the fraternity is like, I heard you fucked our boss's daughter who is under 18. That's not cool for that same guy to be used later. Like, hey, if you want in the fraternity... You guys are going to do this stuff. So I feel like there should be animosity between the boss and him coming from him because he feels guilty about fucking his underage daughter. It doesn't show that anywhere else in the movie. I would just, I feel like I would, if I felt like the boss might know, because at this point somebody knows. Yeah. Somebody in your workplace knows. I would not be trying to fucking... Throw down. Yeah, I would be very eggshells around. Then that might have been even funnier. Like the boss shows up and he's like, hey, aren't you guys supposed to be working on the whatever account? And he could just be like, oh, oh yeah, um, you know, like just... Yeah. Really scared, sort of, uh, oh, God, he's here. Um, yeah, no, we're, we're doing the stuff. Don't worry, don't worry. And that could be silly and funny. He's, you know, taking charge and being a hard ass with, like, the other workers, getting them to do the things he needs them to do. But then as soon as the boss comes around, he's like, oh, fuck this guy and his daughter and everything. I need you guys to get to work on this. You know, this is what's paying my, my daughter's way into the college that you guys are living off of. Oh, God, he brought up the daughter again, too, Jesus. Which would have been comedic, but this was in that weird, plot let's relevant. be serious Yeah, the, the part plot point parts, of yeah. The way, the way they, like, sprinkle in the comedy, that letter on the door. Yeah. And, well, if it, 
I love you, Frank. Frank, Frank uh, or uh, Mitch, if you're reading this, then you already know. They've boarded everything up, everything. It's all board. Yes, yes. I know. Stop describing it. <laughs> Feels out of place because of how serious that they're, like, pushing this moment uh, in these parts. And then he just immediately, like, Mitch, who has been not entirely for this, he hasn't been against it, but he hasn't been, like, for it. Uh, just, like, let's save this fraternity. You, you predicted that Mitch would be a uh, sort of a passive protagonist, but would become active eventually. Do you think that happened? Yes. Tell me about that. Uh, I feel like for a lot of it, he was just there. And though it was his house, and though he, like, participated in stuff it it didn't seem like that was he was the main focus unless it was talking about the like weird romance with him and nicole up until the very end where he's like this is how we're gonna save the fraternity by doing this 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 he still takes it once they they talk about this and have that moment i still feel like it takes a step back and it's as the group as a whole so he becomes active and then goes passive again. And it's a weird up and down. Yeah, uh, it almost feels like it just happens for that sort of that one scene where he hollers at his boss. And then the rest of it is like... It's hollers at his boss and then also talks to Vince Vaughn like, No, you need to be a part of this. You're the one that started this. You have to help finish it. Yeah, I, I guess he does take charge in that way. Yeah, but I, I feel like, yeah, honestly, both of those, neither of them affect like what he was doing. Yeah. Like he was going to do the thing, even if the other people in the scene were like, no, fuck you, I don't want to help. Yeah. He would still continue to like work towards helping these kids out. That's just the natural next like step. His like choices, like that's that's when you get to become an active protagonist is when you're given a choice between like doing a thing or doing nothing or like doing one thing versus doing another thing. And his his choice was to help these kids out and make sure that they got re- they didn't get expelled. Yeah. That's like the first time in the movie though where there are actual stakes. Yeah. Like when the dean says, not only are we going to evict you, but also basically the stakes up until then were I paid the first and last month's rent and it would be inconvenient for me to, you're a lawyer, dude, you make pretty good money. It's not a big deal if you don't have the first and last month's rent. You can get like a place or, you know, find something out. It's inconvenient, sure, but it's not really stakes. Whereas like, you know, a dozen kids getting expelled from college and one of them literally saying, my mother will murder me. She showed showed me me the knife. She showed me the knife is probably one of the better jokes in the movie too. (laughs) Just him crying on that that bed. Just no, I don't think she'll murder you. It'll be okay. No, she she told me like when I left. She showed me the knife. That was great. Were there any performances you didn't particularly like? I don't know. Will Ferrell does a surprisingly good job for me, and normally I'm pretty critical of Will Ferrell because he sort of uh, has a certain trends in his comedy that are mm-hmm. less than ideal. In the scene where they're in the locker room and he just got burned doing the mascot stunt, which, by the way, that's a lot to put on someone, right? Like, hey, yeah. we're going to do school spirit. I feel like they would have gotten away with, like, a passing grade if they had just not included the fire hoop thing. Yeah. Everything up till that point went, went off pretty much without a hitch, but the fire hoop thing I feel like was... Yeah, just added unnecessary bullshit. It could have just been like, hey, land a front flip. And then if you messed up a front flip and like kind of hurt yourself, it would still seem like a pretty solid attempt and there wasn't too much risk associated with it. And it just happened to not go well instead of like, no, this was a bad idea front to front to back, you know. And I was I was just straight up like, oh, no, his tail is going to get caught. He's going to do it. But his tail is going to get caught, and that's what lights, and then it, it, he somehow quickly catches. He catches uh, but no, he just, like, fucking slams into the goddamn hoop. Almost immediately, yeah. like, right, bam. Right uh, out the gate, just yeah. jumps, slam. He touches the fire and becomes immediately totally engulfed. Engulfed, yeah. yeah. Which I don't imagine those those suits are uh, fire retardant well. Yeah. 
Um, I feel like those probably would catch fire pretty quick. I, I don't think that quickly. Jesus I don't know about that quickly. Instantly. But I, yeah. Uh, but I feel like relatively quick, they would catch fire. Sure, yeah. It's, um, it's just made out of, like, very flammable stuff. But so, Will Ferrell, in that scene when they're in the, uh, uh, the locker room and they're talking about, like, what they're going to do next and everything, and he starts going on about composure. We have to maintain our composure. We have to keep it together. And he starts, like, yelling and, like, just yelling composure over and over again and slamming his hands up against things and whatnot. That's when, for me, I'm like, this is bad Will Ferrell acting. They, they, he didn't have any jokes written for this. Nobody gave him anything. And they were just like, yeah, you just, just do whatever you think will be kind of funny. And he was like, oh, if I yell really loud, that'll be funny, right? Yeah, that's usually his uh, humor. Get louder. I get it. You don't have anything. They're kind of asking you for something on the spot. I understand. It's just... I don't think it's particularly good. I don't know why they left it in the movie. They could have just cut the scene there and, like, it would have been fine. There were plenty of things that were cut from this movie that didn't need to be cut. And I'm not saying that they filmed anything for it. I'm just saying whoever was making the decisions calling the shots said, we don't need to show, like, what the the boyfriend does in order for her to... Actually, I'm not saying this happened, but what if she was lying at the end there? Nothing actually happened with her and her boyfriend. She just made that up because she wanted to be with Mitch. I don't know. We didn't see anything. We, we have yeah, no we have no, no idea. No way of knowing. Yeah, she just shows up and says like yeah you were right that's all she says the daughter what about the yeah where's the daughter nicole has a daughter and it's introduced in two different scenes so we're kind of meant to think like okay she has a daughter we have to remember that and And then then they just don't bring it up nothing and especially like my daughter really likes you she doesn't talk to anyone Mm -hmm. and it it should they're setting up yeah they're setting up to be like she has a daughter to whom likes mitch that's cool when they're looking at the apartment the daughter's not there like oh she's never in another scene after the, the birthday, the birthday party. party. Yeah, but she shows up for other scenes and like so I'm I'm glad that they didn't make a big deal out of her having a daughter because it's nice to have like you know she's a she's a woman she has a kid and she's still a desirable romantic partner and that's never like anything that's brought up as like a hey she has a kid and this is the type of movie where that kind of thing would yeah sort of be brought up and I'm glad that they didn't make a big deal out of it but it did the way that they set it up it did feel like this was a plot relevant thing that we're yeah. going to use later to in like. For, for a reason, and they just didn't. Uh, I, I got that Vince Vaughn's kids were, like, a joke. They were meant yeah. to be, like, a silly him sort of, like, weaponizing his kids against just, people socially. You just say earmuffs. And, yeah. yeah. Say earmuffs. Don't apologize to me. Apologize to my kids. Like, it's funny, and it's, and it's well done, and that's good. But I didn't ever get that indication from Nicole's kid. Yeah. Nicole's kid is seems like a plot device, not a uh, comedic relief. Yeah, and and like a, like a pretty serious reflection of like what it would be like to find a, a woman attractive and her have a kid and like you know. And he handled that like well. It, yeah. it wasn't like how I imagined the movie would go. Ah, oh, you have a kid, cool. But it it was like oh hey how are you and treating her like an actual person and yeah. respecting her as a child. Yeah, the, the, so that's one thing this movie does weirdly well where it handles the different, like, spectrums of age very respectfully. I don't feel like they doted on Blue. They certainly singled him out for favoritism. That's about it. They, they were they were I very nice to him. They even, they bring it up several times. Blue is the most committed. Yeah, he won't stop talking about it. He won't stop it. talking about it and then uh, just like, are you, Blue, are you sure you want to do this? Ring the bell, pussy! Or whatever he says. He calls him a pansy. But pansy, yes. yeah. Now, pansy's sort of an older term, too, so they pick, I think they picked the right one. Yeah. Pussy is, like, for older people, pussy is, like, really risque. Pansy is, like, the appropriate term. Yeah. Yeah, I, I liked Blue's character. I liked how they handled him pretty well all the way up until his death. I thought that was less than ideal. Yeah. You know, they handled having an old person on the cast. You you did predict that there would be no one over the age of 50, and Blue is 89. <laughs> yeah. He is an yeah. older fellow. Yeah. I didn't think there would be... Mainly because... 
they specifically talk about how he's not even in the college. They talk about it at least two different times, like with the dean specifically, and when he's like, dude, he's not even. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I felt like when I asked that question, like the movie's named Old School, who's gonna be the oldest person here? That would have been giving my. I would have been revealing my hand way too too much there, and you would have been like, well, it's got to be pretty old, right? Like I don't know, uh, seventy, and like maybe pick something kind of a little higher. But you said 50. That's pretty sh- That's pretty low. Well, uh, yeah, because I didn't... Again, anyone can go to college at whatever age. Who who really cares? But I think with his character specifically, he wasn't going to college. Nope. Uh, he had no reason to be there other than because, yeah, fuck it. I'm an old man. Why the fuck not? I, I really wish this movie like focused in more on the characters. Because a lot of those movies... You talked about Animal House you know, yeah. when we were making predictions. And how that might be required viewing for this. Because they might be referencing some of that. They didn't... I don't think they did that too much. And we might have to watch Animal House in order to like... You yeah, know, really, like, yeah, really, really dive in on that. I don't, I don't think it was required viewing, and the difference being between Animal House and uh, this movie, though, and especially a lot of those movies made back in Animal House days, is a lot of the sort of side characters in those movies were very eccentric and interesting, and they would sort of have their own little thing that they would do, or their own little moments that they would have, their big moments, and really the character with the biggest like individual moments was Wincy, the sort of larger one of the group, and then Blue. Those were the two characters who got the biggest moments. The rest of them were kind of just like there. I think they were side characters. Yeah, like yeah. Spanish is one of the... They call him Spanish as like a racial sort of thing for no reason. He shows up a lot but doesn't have a character all his own. Yeah, that's the one that works at Red Lobster, right? Yes, yeah. you already work at Red Lobster, but that's yeah. part-time, you asshole. That's the only bit of character that you really see of him. He is always there. You see him constantly. That is his only... Like the guy whenever... Winston... Winston? I thought it was Wincy. Wincy? The guy that Wincy shows up with with the KY Jelly to Mitch's work. Mm-hmm. He He's always there. I don't even know his name. Yeah, I don't remember him getting a name. That guy also, yeah, nothing. There were a lot of different notable faces throughout that were not used for really anything yeah. other than I'm fucking here. <laughs> yeah, there was the guy in the coffee shop. I, I recognize him. I don't know what I know him from. I also uh, But I recognize him. his face. There was a background character in the like last scene that I saw his face and I'm like, that guy looks familiar. I know him from a movie. I don't remember what movie. There was also the like balding guy who was yep. like the second person that they kidnapped. He's a, he's a comedian. He's pretty funny. Yeah. And he got next no lines i think he got to say like yeah okay or something like that one time yeah and i feel like a lot of it went to the main three a little bit from the wives that entire scene with the the wives learning how to give blowjobs better i feel like was so unnecessary i agree uh i didn't i didn't love it it was kind of just there to make fun of an ambiguously gay guy not even that just to put the like oh yeah everyone's getting cheated on or everyone is cheating and just adding to the already list of because there was that like when uh will ferrell shows up um he like looking in the window and sees her like doing the blowjob motions in, blow yeah. in front of the guy uh and he looks like he's just getting a blowjob from his wife like just adding to the like oh everyone's getting fucking cheated on i don't feel like that everyone's getting cheated on thing was like a a through line in the film at all i just think they were literally doing a visual gag because like that's an in- i think that's strictly more interesting I-, I would love to see where they're like guys just feel like they're being cheated on all of the time and sometimes it's true but a lot of times it's not that would be an interesting through line and i don't think they were trying to do that at all i think they were just like it wouldn't it be silly if it kind of looked like she was blowing him because she's at a blowjob class and yeah like, i still don't like and i don't think it should have been added as a whole it was not great at all and i think the majority of it was that one visual gag and then, hey, let's make fun of an ambiguously gay character. Yeah. Or gay-coded um, character. Yeah. Uh, he, he still beats his ass. 
Beat Springs is. Which I think is even potentially a bad thing as well, because even if we do that, it's like, haha, a gay guy was even able, or an ambiguously gay guy, a coded gay guy, uh, was able to beat Frank's ass. Isn't that funny? And it's like, no, because being gay doesn't inhibit you from beating the shit out of anybody. In fact, if anything, you know, gay people should, especially at the time in 2003, they get picked on a lot physically, so I imagine they probably do a lot better in a fight than somebody who doesn't get picked on at all. Yeah, that whole scene... Not a fan. Um, didn't like that. Shouldn't have been there. Feel like they could have cut that out. And that was like that was just before the the KY jelly stuff, if I remember correctly. I don't remember because that's the last time him and his wife directly interact uh, up until Blue dying. Blue dying, and she like starts with, "I'm sorry, I forgot to call you on your birthday," and he's like, "My birthday?" So I don't I don't know that. It could have been before the KY thing, or it could have been before the birthday thing, or maybe it was before both. I, I think it was, no, I think it was before the birthday thing, because after the birthday, he tries calling her. Yeah, maybe. I'm, I'm not sure, but that, that there was another aspect of the birthday scene that was really weird, though. He has that fantasy about her, and like, this is the best day ever, and he's like, yeah, me too, and then they kiss and it, stuff. And it seems like he's going to, to go back, and he's like, I'm gonna get straight. I'm gonna go to AA, um, and I'm gonna be a better husband to you, which... I feel like could have been better. They could have done that and it would have been a lot better instead of him just like, nah, I'm just going to continue being haha, crazy me. There didn't really seem to be any moment of like big growth for him at all. It was just sort yeah. of like this started on a high point for him and then an immediate downward spiral like constantly. He, he just constantly got worse. And let's not call it a downward spiral. Maybe yeah. it's just like a lateral sort of move because he doesn't seem to be getting less happy as the movie goes on. It's just... There's clearly some sort of like a disconnect inside of him where he wants to be married to this woman. He wants to be with her. He's so happy with her. But he also like has all these fantasies about other women and he wants to be like the cool college shock jock kind of guy. It feels like he's with being married and everything. It's just him not being true to his real self. And then like that could play into how cool and chill he was when she was like, I think we should get a divorce. There are a lot of scenes in this movie that are sort of, uh, what's the word, questionable or problematic, not great, basically. Do you, do you find that any particular specific one was especially harmful? I, I don't know. I can't, like, directly uh, think of one. For me, I really, really, really do not like... So there's... It, it doesn't happen a ton in film, but it's more frequent, like, post-2000, I'd say, where they show someone in a therapist's office uh, yes. receiving therapy. And him just kind of... And... Well, so there's a couple of things. This, this, this joke's actually not as bad as, like, as uh, other jokes in the movie, and there was some pretty good potential here, and I think it was handled pretty well. But it does further the stereotype of you go to a therapist... You're not going because you need to go. You're going there because your wife's making you. And, you know, you're going to go there and you're going to, like, they're going to tell you to just, you know, you can talk freely here. You're safe. And then you're going to say the things you want to say and then everyone's going to judge you. Like, belittled for it. And that's inappropriate, right? Because, like, any therapist, any real therapist would hear a guy saying, like, hey, I got married and I feel weird because I'm supposed to be different, but I'm not any different. And I keep having these thoughts about, like, women's panties and what they look like and I'm very interested in that. And any real therapist would be like, that's so normal. That is the yeah. most normal thing in the world. And it's seen as very negative because he's with his partner and they're trying to better their relationship. I completely forgot about that scene. It was very frustrating because they, they very obviously were trying to make it a joke the entire time. Because he goes on far too long about talking about how uh, he was thinking of that waitress's panties. And how upsetting that would be to hear as a wife. And, and, and I'm sure in 2003 that would be the case. Yeah. Nowadays I think any married couple would very quickly sort of be like, he's still a man. Like, he still thinks about people. I still think about people. This is a normal thing. Yeah. I think we're a little bit past that at this point. But I'm sure that there are still very modern examples, probably even in 2022, 
where somebody goes to a therapist and something similar sort of happens where like i don't know we we should just start watching movies about this type of subject matter and i'm sure we'll come across one where almost almost a carbon copy of that scene yeah they have to go to spousal therapy and it's just like yeah i thought about i was listening to Nicki minaj and she was talking about eating ass and i was really interested in that for some reason i know i shouldn't be thinking about Nicki minaj that way i really respect her as an artist and then the wife is just sitting there like oh my god that's gross i can't believe you thought of that and yeah like, and it's and it's like why are we even in 2022 still doing this we're still yeah. rehashing this like it's not even funny it's just kind of like it's it feels awkward as a viewer you're like why am i watching their like marital problems play out like this in a movie that's supposed to be comedic this isn't very funny yeah like yeah guys think about girls panties sometimes that's just a normal anybody would do that you know if yeah. you were just letting your mind wander while you're at the olive garden and you see a pretty person you might well, what would they look like if they were in their you know in, in their swimsuit or whatever or if they were naked or or any of those things you know that's a very very normal through line of uh, of thought it seemed like it was supposed to be a joke mental health should never be a joke i think back then they thought it was more of a joke than it is thought of now so we're also looking at it through the lens of like this is 2022 Mental health should be taken seriously and, like, going to therapy should be taken seriously, not, like, a joke. Spousal therapy is a little bit different than, you know, mental health therapist. It probably would be a completely different therapist you'd be seeing. But I do agree. Like, a lot of the practices are going to be exactly the same, right? Mm -hmm. You know, even if somebody saw this movie and was like, yeah, I started seeing a therapist recently... And I go in and he tells me it's a safe place and I can talk about anything. And I'm going for my PTSD, depression, my anxiety. I can't sleep. Whatever thing you're going to see a therapist for. Look how Will Ferrell got treated like crap by his therapist and his wife when he was told that he could freely speak. Is that what's happening to me when I'm seeing my mental health therapist? They're not being very fair to the practice of therapy because what they should have shown. And they, they did a little bit. They showed the therapist saying like, no, it's okay. Yeah, this is, yeah. This but is a safe space. The facial reactions and everything yeah. were the, the, the telling sign there. And anybody paying attention to that, I think, could clearly tell what they're trying to get across here. And that's that both the therapist and his wife were judging him for saying, I'm married, but I still think about girls' panties sometimes. And that's the most normal thing in the world. Yeah, I was going to say, I do like that they end with him saying that he was just in a uh, being vaguely single and now he's like settled down and he's just not used to that transition. But the way they said it, it was still very much a jokey thing of like, ah, I just didn't think I was ever going to be having sex with one woman which is him quoting vince vaughn yeah vince vaughn's character brings that up at the wedding and he's like thought about this he's basically admitting that vince vaughn made him think about this basically because i think that's when vince vaughn right when he said that that is when will ferrell's character actually talks to both mitch and vince vaughn's character why can i not remember vince vaughn's character's name to save my life oh shoot i can't remember this movie does do a pretty bad job of like making sure that you know the characters names other than mitch and frank those are the the two names and blue blue gets repeated a lot wincy's character they call him you a lot. Mm-hmm. That's not great. Uh, Spanish gets called Spanish. Yeah, a lot of the times they just don't handle names very well. Or, like, they give, like, a nickname, and sometimes the nickname sticks, and sometimes it doesn't. Mitch's character didn't really have much of an arc. His arc was getting into a different relationship, I guess. Yeah. Didn't uh, really getting like over being cheated on. Well, but he doesn't get over being cheated on. It's not as if now he's cool with a woman cheating on him, or... He became uncomfortable with women because he thought they might cheat. It never really seemed like the problem for him was that he was cheated on so much as, you know, his relationship ended in a way that was less than good. Yeah. And, like, it happened to be that cheating was the thing that did it, 
but it could have easily have been he comes home and she's packing all of her stuff and he's like what are you doing packing all your stuff and she's just like I don't want to be with you anymore. You're boring. And then he's like, I'm boring. And then he realizes it's nine to... Like what you painted up in your prediction. That could have been the inciting incident. She leaves him because he's boring. And then he realizes you're right. You predicted that. And it is in the movie. That one guy that wanted to join the fraternity is like, I have a very boring life. I go golfing on Sundays and I hate golf. That could have been Mitch's character. It it almost feels like they're sort of lampooning that very common Mm -hmm. character. Yeah, that could have been, it feels almost like it could have been interchangeable. Listening to you, I realized that um, they do talk about how he wasn't upset by her cheating in the wedding scene. When uh, Nicole comes up, it's like, I heard what happened. I think it was Nicole. Yeah, Nicole did. Yeah, I couldn't remember if it was Nicole or the Vince Vaughn's wife. But Nicole comes up and's like, I heard what happened. He's like, it's not even that. It's We had a dog together. He does talk about the sort of the, he liked having the companionship. He liked the house. He liked like having a nice place together, mm-hmm. having a dog together, all this stuff. It, it does sound sort of superficial, like he's talking about. I liked owning things and having a home to come home to that I owned and all these things. Yeah. I guess maybe not a home that you own, but like a, a place to call your own. It seems like he probably still rents, which is nice to see an older movie where a guy is like 30 and he's still renting and it's not like, no, I own my own house and several Especially other properties. Lawyer, too. Yeah, yeah. Like... Which is the other way with uh, Vince Vaughn's character. Vince Vaughn's character is worth three and a half million dollars. That the IRS knows of. Yes. I don't know if the movie was trying to tell us, like, yeah, if you're just, like, a regular humdrum working guy that, like, owns his own business, you could own six different locations and be worth three and a half million dollars. But if you're a and lawyer... And Snoop Dogg to show up to a random party. That was... Re- it was nice to see Snoop yeah. Dogg. Look, he looked beautiful. Gorgeous. Gorgeous, yeah. But the lawyer guy, he's still ranting and he's down on his luck and so on and so forth. And it's like, that's a weird thing for the movie to include. I don't know if they were trying to push the idea of like, yeah, just go ahead and open your own ripoff of Radio Shack or something. Yeah. I don't, I don't, that, that's speaker store. Yeah, yeah. Spe- speaker City. I feel like Vince Vaughn's character's arc was to get over the idea of well, you're only going to have sex with one more vagina for the rest of your life. And at the end of the movie, he gets offered a second vagina or another vagina for him to have sex with in his lifetime. And he turns it down. So that's sort of his arc is complete now, I guess. And then I guess Frank's arc was like coming to terms with the fact that he didn't want to be married. He wanted to still be a college guy. Which Um, he sort of wholeheartedly embraces by the end of it. He's like got like a little radio show he holds and he's like still living at the frat house that they open up and everything. He becomes the new uh, godfather, it seems. Yeah, yeah, well, he's definitely still there. I don't know like what position he holds exactly. At least he's... It seems like he is one of the head people because... It it feels like that might have been, if we're to look at it in terms of how modern films are, where everything's got to have a fucking sequel or be open up to a sequel later on down the road, it seems like that would be the logical sequel is now Will Ferrell, who is at the lowest point of all the different characters by the end of the movie, he starts up as the, I'm down on my luck, but at least I still have this fraternity to like have like cool party scenes at and then i'll use that to sort of rise to like a victorious moment by the end of the sequel to old school mm-hmm. all of the moments in this film where they sort of could have gone in a little bit deeper or had scenes that they just cut for no reason or didn't include showing like things that are kind of interesting and necessary there's just no way this movie could have gotten a sequel with all those oh, issues yeah. yeah that whole love interest with nicole was just kind of feel forced in there um just to like give mitch a reason to have an arc without having an arc um, yeah because because being in a relationship isn't an arc 
Yeah, no. But uh, they paint it up to seem like that is an arc. By all means, figure yourself out and then, like... It, it could have been really cool to talk about, because that's something that is in the movie, but it's not really harped on a whole lot. They they call his... Uh, Heidi, I believe, is the name of his first uh, love interest, the one at the beginning of the film. They call her a whore a couple of times yeah. and things, which seems, I don't know, slut-shamey to me, but, yeah. like, maybe Especially not. Especially Vince you know. Vaughn's character was the one that called her a whore and he's the... uh, in one of the times, and he was the one that specifically was like, you should be so happy that she's like... Ready to be so sexually open. Yeah, he seems very sex positive about it to begin with. And then just calls her a whore. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like that was partially because, like, yeah, my friend is actually ate up about it. I guess I should. I also think he was being sarcastic when he yeah. was saying, like, yeah, that's so good that she's so sexually open. He's kind of trying to, like, maybe make a dig at it or something or try to make light of it. Make it seem not as bad so he gets over it faster. Yeah, something like that instead of, like, him honestly saying, oh, God, I would love to have, like, a sexually expressive and sexually open person like that in my love life. Also, they shouldn't have really had much of his wife as much as they did. I feel like they show her often enough. That it feels like she should have a bigger role in that the That she film. should not only have a bigger role, it just feels weird having her shown as much with how he talks about, like, wanting to get with somebody else. That car scene where they're, where all the wives are picking, end up picking up uh, Frank, she's, like, openly talking about how her husband, like, doesn't know how to go, down, know how to go down on a woman. And I feel like that was just unnecessary for her character especially since we don't do anything with that information yeah and it, it feels like this is a setup that we just didn't use uh, it, it also feels like, hmm, maybe he should cheat on her because she's kind of a bitch. That is really interesting, actually. I hadn't even considered that. But you're right, like, women who complain about not getting gone down on, they suck. So, like... His actions are now excusable. That is pretty fucked up. Other than her interaction with trying to stop Mitch from, like, making a fool of himself at the wedding, she doesn't have any other lines. So she kind of seems, like, bitchy, and they're painting it to seem like that. I think that scene is supposed for us to read it as either, oh, this is really awkward, or to read it as, like, oh, Mitch is, you know, getting to grab on the girl. That's kind of cool. So you're supposed to read it in one of those two ways. And if you read it as Mitch is getting to grab on the, on the girl, that's kind of cool and... and whatever then she's kind of a bitch in that situation too because she yeah. stops it from getting to happen what a bitch and if you read it as this is like super awkward mitch why are you touching on him like that then it just feels like okay well thankfully this woman showed up to get yeah. him to chill out why is she not in the movie more than this more especially than this. since she's a character who is part of the group you know uh the movie i think really tried to sort of capitalize on popular films that have come out you know within the last few uh decades and just didn't do a great job of it and i think that the mitch sort of like having to have a love interest thing and not maybe his arc could have been him becoming more comfortable with alternative sexual styles or you know things like that you know once he's comfortable with that still confronting her and confronting Heidi about like I've learned what my sexual interests are now and I'm like more you know sexually aware and whatnot I'm not as boring as I was but what you did was still unacceptable yeah like before I was just freaking out because it was a sexuality that I wasn't comfortable with now I'm freaking out because you lied and you cheated and that's fucked up but he seemed pretty comfortable with it initially before the other people came in because she was like watching a porno yeah. that I'm assuming was like gangbang-esque Sure. Um, and he's like, oh, that's kind of hot. You're into it? Let's do this. And he was very willing to uh, engage in that. Engage way, in yeah. that. And then the, the other two people show up and then he's like, and then the third person shows up and he's like, ah, this is shitty. And that's just ultimately her cheating. Um, and that is 
upsetting. Whereas I think he was pretty ready for doing crazy sexual stuff with her in that moment. Well, yeah, and I think that could have played into like what I'm describing. You know, maybe even in the scene, he could have been like, no, I can be kinky too. Like, I can do this. And then she's like, oh, really? Cool. Okay, well, all right. If you're into it, and then the people come out of the the back room, and maybe he worded it in such a way where it's like, oh, I could do stuff that they do in this, you know, like, absolutely. And he means it as, like, I can have sex with you right now, not as a, I can be part of a gangbang with you right yeah. now. And then she's like, okay, and then misinterpreting him that way, it, it kind of leads to comedy because he, he sort of put his foot in his mouth here. Yeah. And then she's like, okay, guys, come on out. And she's, he's like, guys. And then people come out and he's like, no, 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 no. I didn't know this was like this. Oh my God, that's so gross, 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 gross. And that could be how that plays out instead. And the rest of the movie is about him trying to learn about his sexuality and trying to like understand that. And that would make a lot of the like sexual, sort of the sexy components of this movie make a lot more sense. Yeah. Because it is like Vince Vaughn's pushing sexuality on him because he knows this is an issue with your sexuality and you not understanding what you're into. And it could have been cool to see, like, you know, yeah, Vince Vaughn's character is, like, he thinks that he's sexually interested in all these different things and wanting to do more with his sexual identity, but he's actually not when push comes to shove. And then Frank, who's like, uh, oh, I want to be sexual with people other than my wife, and I don't know how to, like, deal with that exactly now that I'm married. And his journey of, like, becoming single again and, and getting to be more sexual with people other than his wife. Vince Vaughn and Frank's characters make a lot more sense in this movie I'm yeah. creating than they do in the one that we have, where it's basically just Mitch not really learning or growing or changing, but kind of just doing what he has to do and then getting a girlfriend at the end for no reason, basically. Yeah. Also don't like how we don't get to see his romance with Nicole. At all. It's just uh, referenced. It's just... I had a crush on you too. You did? Yeah. Let's not show it. They don't have to show it, but they could talk about it or something like or that. Or they could give us more they, scenes yeah. where they interact and develop that romance. Because at the, the office and he like asks her to dinner... Or was that at the office? No, no, it was. It was. And he calls it a date, and she leans in for that very intimate, like, cheek kiss. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that was not okay, especially with Yeah, I I don't want to put any evil on Nicole, because I know that yeah. the movie's sort of painting her up to be a contemporary good woman, mm-hmm. but like... Mm, not not okay. Not the greatest. Not great, Nicole. Because like, what happens when like she's like, oh yeah, this is my friend Steve. I knew him in college or whatever after I knew you. And she, he's like, okay, cool. Steve seems nice. She's like, I'm going out for coffee with Steve. And he has to think like, wait a second. I was Steve once. And yeah. now this whole problem happens again. Specifically because her partner was actively cheating on her, which she didn't know having that moment very intimate with Mitch right before it kind of blows up in his face and uh, he should have told her that, like, boyfriend's cheating and right then. I feel like it was just really awkward and out of place. I feel like they tried adding the romance there between them and that was the only spot. And, and it was so such it was, a weird spot, yeah. yeah. I think they just didn't want to spend any time on the Nicole thing and they mm-hmm. just had to because the studio is just like, well, we have to have something for Mitch to do or whatever. Or something, some kind of a romance angle for this, you know? The other guys are already married or whatever. And it's like, no, we could just not. You just not. Yeah. The thing he could be learning could be something else entirely or whatever. Also, so many good opportunities for Dong. No Dong in this movie. No, yeah, no Dong. Distinct but, lack of Dong. Uh, but I feel like that, that goes into... This was very much a guys movie. Guys don't want to watch... Don't want to see penises. 
Yeah, um, I, I just I just think like there could have been even some funny scenes where that could have happened, you know? Like specifically the cinder block scene. The cinder block scene or the the, the, the blue wrestling scene that could have yeah. had something in there. Even Will Ferrell's like streaking scene. Come on, where's the Will Ferrell dong? But that's generally a thing with most movies where it is okay to show women topless, but it is not okay to show men bottomless. Bottomless. Yeah. Um, Even showing Will Ferrell's ass, I think at the time was probably like like a lot very risque. Yeah. I also want to point out that, like you said earlier, with the uh, when he catches the other guy cheating. Yeah, he's fully clothed. Uh, yeah, the guy's fully clothed. The girl's like sort of got her blouse undone, and she's you know showing you know some cleavage and whatnot. But um, he like accosts him about how it would be feminine of him to like to like admit that this happens, and then at the end of the movie, probably one of the most feminine things like feminine coded things that you can do uh the the little like ribbon dancing thing why does will ferrell do that yeah why not why not have mitch do that and that way it could be like a because uh, will ferrell's funny and that's a comedy moment for that yeah even though that's a very serious com- competitive sport which it could have been great for mitch specifically because mitch didn't have anything to do with any of the the ending bits yeah, Vince Vaughn cheated on the test. All of them cheated on the test. Well, they, they all did cheat, but Vince Vaughn did the, like, speaking the for main, it. So yeah. he, he would be the big perpetrator, and the rest of them are just sort of taking advantage. Frank did the um, the debate, and then also he was the mascot, mascot and, and then, then also, also he was the uh, uh, ribbon dancer. Yeah, and, and Wincy did the, the, the vault. Everyone did the dance for the, the and, school spirit. Yeah, and Vince Vaughn's character did the rings. They didn't have anything for Mitch in the end. If you see, He seems like the main character, like he is supposed to be the main character, but they just very much ignore that and don't show that. I think Frank might have been the main character, now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. He had way more stuff to do. His storyline is a lot more involved. He changes a lot over the course of the film. But it's still painted to be like, Mitch is the main character. He is the godfather. He like He's the one that fixes everything. He's definitely the protagonist. He's definitely the yeah. guy that we're supposed to be looking at and wanting to be. So it's kind of frustrating that in the end, like not only did he not grow as much as a character throughout the film, but he also... Did the least. I will say, despite all of the uh, the drinking in the movie, this movie handles drinking pretty well. In that, most times drinking is like occurring, it's seen as bad. Yeah. Like when Frank is drinking, he drinks too much, and then his wife gets mad at him for streaking all that stuff. When Mitch drank too much and accidentally slept with a girl he shouldn't have, I know that he drinks a PBR when he's working on the car, and that's probably like or not a PBR. I think it was literally. I think it said old something, so it might have said old school on the can, and they just made a prop can for them. Yeah, and that's kind of funny. Or it could have been one of those beers that are just, like, local to a certain area or something that I'm not aware of. I think the only other scene that I can remember drinking happening is the when Blue dies. When Mitch is doing wrestling, Frank pours, like, a beer in his mouth. And that's about it. Yeah, that's true. And and somebody died in that instance. Yeah. So definitely sort of seen as not as good. So the movie did handle drinking a little bit more appropriately than most of these types of movies do, mm-hmm. where the drinking happen and happens and then the characters get superpowers basically for drinking, where yeah. they become super cool for drinking. Or, you know, all these different things happen in these types of movies a lot. And in this one, almost every time they drink, like something bad immediately happens that's sort of handled kind of seriously. Like you, that's that's bad that that happened. I, uh, we are sort of coming up on time here. Is there anything that you would feel remiss if we did not talk about it? Uh, you feel like we might be missing out on something special and important to I speak think, on? I think we got all of it. All right, well, good hustle out there, team. Everybody everybody did a solid job. Drop and give me 20, all that good, happy stuff. Uh, yeah. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me.